Hey people, welcome to Church and Other Drugs. My name is Jed, and welcome to the show. Uh, I totally meant to put this out last week, uh, and I lost track of time, and long story short, here we go. Today, I am talking to Derek, uh, otherwise known as Truth Seeker. Some old school congregation listeners will remember. Um, I had Truth Seeker on like five or six years ago it's been a long time um and since then he has kind of become i mean he's got uh he is a musician he's got his hip-hop career he is a podcaster youtuber and he's kind of like started doing retreats and in tiktok and all sorts of i don't know why i put tiktok and retreats next to each other as if they're equal but it is crazy times um no he's he's been doing a lot of interesting stuff lately and he has a lot of interesting beliefs and i'm not gonna lie to you this conversation like was really reassuring and uh i I don't know it was it was it was i don't know what i expected but i loved it and he said so many cool gems um he's got away with words so without too much ado Check out a truth We're going to uh, South by So What, or I guess it's just called So What now. It's basically like in Texas, it's like the uh, alternative metalcore, punk, whatever uh, version of South by Southwest. They started, we, me and my buddies go every year. Uh, Pierce the Veil is playing this year, so I'm pretty stoked on that. You guys, uh, well, y'all went to um, Furnace Fest? Fest? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised you. That's like, what part of Alabama do you live in? Wait, no, it's a, it's a good four hours, four and a half hours. But I, I'm, to be honest with you, I'm scared of the, the standing, man. Really? Standing and then for three days, I it it terrifies me. I ain't gonna lie to you. Like, <laughs> it just is scary to me. See, I but guess after last night, I walked out of just man, what three, four hours or whatever. And then like my back was just like, oh my God. And I was like, there's no way I can do a full day and in three days back to back. See, listen, man, this is, I guess I'm just, I guess I'm, I'm just trying to defy my age, but I'm Mm -hmm. still, I mean, I'll I'll be 36 in August and I'm still 
slam dancing, fighting the invisible ninjas in the pit, dude. I'm just going to do it until I can't. Yeah. Like, you know, but yeah, it, it my lower back is what destroys me now just from, yeah, the, the standing is the worst part for sure. Yeah. It's different now. We, um, we went to, we, it was crazy. My daughter found this band that she fell in love with called The Garden. Familiar okay. with them? I'm not. And uh, it's, it's two brothers out of uh, um, Orange County, and they're kind of like like weird um, experimental punk with okay. like, um, synthesizers and drum machines and stuff. Pretty pretty cool stuff. And the way they came, to, they man, I drove six hours there, stayed for an hour and a half, got in a car, drove six hours back to <laughs> make that memory. You know what I'm saying? And, That's uh, solid for you. They it, it was a sold out show, and um, it was strange. Like I think their fan base changed when they uh, they started painting their face. So all these kids kind of look like juggalos in a sense. Like even like they're you know you get behind a movement or a message, which is what punk rock is is anyway. But when you can even like niche down even further to like, hey, these are our people, and they're like painting their faces now. And they wearing like just like clown makeup a little bit and like Marilyn Manson kind of stuff, but but uh, it's crazy to see these bands like that that have these huge followings and you've never heard of them. And they were pulled yeah. out and all of these. I think I was like I wasn't the oldest one there, but I was the oldest one there in the pit. So yeah. I get in the pit and their pits are like fun, like in all the videos they're doing silly stuff, you know, just like it was weird. It was like a local show like a local house show kind of thing. You got that mm-hmm. vibe, but like mm-hmm. one that made it big and not it's a lot of people want to come to the local house show. It was very, very strange, but, but cool. So it, yeah, the, the, yeah, the state of the music scene is so bizarre now. Like, so uh, we're about, are you a little older than me? How old are you? Yeah, I'm uh 39. So, okay. So we're essentially like same era, at least growing up, but, it used to be so truncated where it was like, okay, if you see someone wearing these clothes, you 90% of the time, you know exactly what they're listening to back then. And everybody had their own little sections. And I guess because of the internet, just completely making everything available to everyone across the board, that all these weird crossovers started happening like you had you know Lil Wayne starting to get into skater culture and wearing skinny jeans and like I I remember what this this is such a like old man yells at cloud thing that I'm talking about here but I it's just funny how it works um because like seven eight years ago I was asking this young kid um he was like 18 I was like yeah what kind of music you listen to he was like oh deathcore I was like oh right on like you know like cattle decapitation he was like no, Suicide Boys. And I was like, oh, do God. what? Yeah. Do what now? Like, wait, that's, he's like, yeah, it's like a, a rap genre. I was like, oh, <laughs> news yeah. to me. Yeah, um, right. And like all these mosh pits at rap shows, it's just, it's super, super interesting how it's working. Um, there, People were talking about how, so our, I guess, you know, I guess the cutoff would be like around like 2007, eight or whatever. We, we, all those generations before have shared nostalgia. Like we remember the Macarena, we remember friends, we remember all these things that 
because there wasn't such an access to media that like everybody, give or take a few outliers, was watching and listening to at least the same things. But since YouTube and cable TV is kind of done away with and all these streaming, it's, there's really not going to be much shared nostalgia in the future. It's going to be like, hey, do you remember this random YouTube thing that 5 million people watched, but 5 million out of 8 or 7 point whatever billion people on earth. And so it's an, it's going to be interesting that everyone is kind of, you can find your own little pockets of like shared interest, but it's, it's so specialized yeah. it's just a, it's an it, it's gonna be an interesting thing to watch and as it even even with me like it's it's weird the generational gaps that are happening when i'll like bust out a Chappelle show quote and people just look at me like i'm the biggest like what are you talking about i'm like oh man certain things that that you know make it and some of the things that we would want to make it don't don't you know like uh um my daughter in their generation she's 18 and you know, the nostalgia for them is there's some of it's like our nostalgia, you know, and um, television shows or or the music, you know, they're into Nirvana. And my, my daughter was like getting on to my wife or like listening to Nirvana. She's like, that's our thing. It's like, you're crazy. What? You're crazy. <laughs> I was seven years old listening to Nirvana, man, in 93 or whatever. You know what I'm saying? So like that but it's like hey we we took that nirvana's yeah. all nah man we can share that kind of thing but that's yes. cool of like this generation their nostalgia they're even going back into 80s and 90s um finding gems and uh i guess you can look at stranger things and that kind of nostalgia yeah. but that's for like that's that was marketed to both generations essentially right so that's like this generation of like it's their goonies for yeah. sure yes. for us with the nostalgia and the 80s and all that kind of stuff um even the music that you know what i'm saying running up the hill or whatever like that song coming back that's was a song in the 80s that really you know did its thing but now it's like charting number one coming back to be relevant because people was like you could make that same song and it probably wouldn't have did the same like if, right. that, if that song came out by taylor swift and was on there it probably it probably wouldn't hit the same versus like, right. hey, this forgotten song from the 80s that everybody forgot about. And it's a beautiful gem. You know what I'm saying? That weird nostalgia to it, just the way that it, you know, it's placed all all around for everybody to to like it and resonate kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 an interesting time for sure. And I, I'm I'm trying to figure out. So I get like what so in the cycle of trendy time periods so like are we going to be going it so like right now we're like new metal era like the grunge thing was super popular i guess we're getting a little past that entering new metal but like what's after what was i'm trying to remember what was after that like for uh yeah, like new metal was like because i remember listening to like lincoln park and stained and stuff and i'm like where, where can music go now like where do you blend it and they just keep blending to make something new right it's like these two different genres, like you said, they mix and they have a child. It's like, oh, I didn't know. Well, now we got country rap's a big thing. Yeah. It's getting huge. Like uh, hip hop is my favorite. Yeah. Uh, I mean, term yeah, for that. The, the country version that's like, that's not real. You guys are pretending versus like, 
there is, I don't know if you've heard of um, Upchurch and I mean, just look at what Jelly Roll's doing. Yeah. You know, and, and Struggle and Yellow Wolf and stuff like that. And but but even that's opening the door to a market. And then you got what's his name? Lil Nas X, who took it very strange, um, but but opened the door for, you know, black dudes to start, you know, trying to sing that way. I mean, there's there's a guy um, you may have even heard of him. Second Chance. Start, started out as a Christian rapper. You know who KB is, right? Yeah. Christian rapper. So him and KB were in a group together. And um, KB got signed and went off and did his thing and kind of left that dude behind. But the dude had just as much talent. Can rap really fast, sing really good. So he goes by second chance. But he's like doing all the genres of rap. And then he's doing country. And he'll just put twang in his voice and sound amazing and wear a cowboy hat and you're fully convinced. I mean, he's yeah. I think Georgia or somewhere like that too, though, but like, so he can pull it off, but he's also doing metal and rock and dressing up and like just bridging all the genres together. And then, you know, um, there was like a lack of talent in it, but even, but this dude's got talent. So it's like yeah. this genre opens up, everybody floods into it, and you'll listen to the stuff that even the talent isn't good until you see production, talent, all of this stuff come, and now they set the bar even higher. But people flood in. It's just what what happens to the genres, you know? Yeah, and it's the the overall – I guess this is just how life – I guess humans are nothing but – built on previous experience because the i mean a couple different things could be happening you know it's the phenomenon of like we're able to see the top one percent of the top five percent in the world but it seems like the overall talent level of younger people every year just gets more and more insane just like the things people are doing with guitar with sampling with drums with art everything is just something like, i've noticed yeah level bar is set higher because there's maybe so many people and so yeah you do something to stand out so the yeah even with basketball like i'm noticing that going out playing on on the court of the average kid who isn't good is like better than any of the kids that we came up with that's what and i'm that's saying what like basketball is life but these young kids are like i don't know it's it's the you know, when somebody raises the bar, it says, you know, the, the saying is a rising tide raises all the ships. So now this is the standard. Yeah. Music of basketball, of guitar playing or of, of whatever, you know, and, and you've probably seen it even with like metalcore when people oh, got yeah. to like the, the, the technical stuff and you just playing a breakdown and, and having fun dancing wasn't enough. Now you got to show out on the sweet picking and all of this kind of stuff. And they set the bar high and they look down at the others kind of thing, you know, so yeah it's wild times we're living in man um so yeah derek truth seeker it's been i mean it's probably been five years right five or six years it's like 2017 or something 18 i don't know my dad yeah jeez wild so we've yeah. um both of us i would say have uh obviously gone through changes and, and grown a lot. And I've been watching you like it. Um, it seems like, and so basically like I, I've just been super interested in 
like your experiences and what's been going on, I guess, in the Christian mysticism space. And I've, I've kind of watched you have like a TikTok presence and get, um, I, I think you have really great responses to the standard Christian attack of anything outside of the norm being demonic or like, oh, this dude's lost. And a lot of times I'll hear you say like, the most there the most hate i get is from christians right uh was it george carlin that's like there's no hate like christian love or there's some quote like yeah. that um but so and and for me even even back uh when we first talked you you know your faith grasp and belief in the mystical supernatural space um what was already a little bit beyond mine and different and i've i've gone through a lot of i don't even exactly i like i would have real trouble defining my current status of like belief like the, the my faith in the 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 solid core of like jesus christ is god uh, love your neighbor, all mm -hmm. that. But like lately I've been getting into like open, open theology and just all these different, um, I, like, I'm not sure where I'm at with church right now. Um, a lot of my beliefs are kind of scattered around and I'm, I'm still, I guess in the process of like reconstructing, like what's going on. So it's always interesting, uh, to, to watch other people and see where they're at. Um, so I don't even know exactly where to start with that, but I guess um, if you have any starting place of kind of like what your experience and growth has been in, in, in these past like five, six years, like I've seen yeah. you to start do like retreats and stuff and like, yeah, it's just. Yeah, it's been uh, exponential um, just for many different reasons. Um, my health has been amazing. You know, I lost over 60 pounds. Um, didn't know that was even a thing. Didn't know that I had 60 pounds to lose. I knew I had a little bit around the stomach. Didn't know how actually much weight I was carrying in my face and, you know, all this kind of stuff. But I feel amazing. Um, so that's been a big thing within the last two years or so. Um, yeah, there's been a lot of changes, man. And, and that's part of it. Like, if we should be, we're growing, right? You know, we heard that in church, right? If you're not growing, you're stagnant. You're, you're you know, standing still in your face. And, and so the deconstruction thing too, I mean, that should be something that is a perpetual, you know, thing as you study and understand. And that's what it's always been for me. The entry level was, hey, this is, you believe what they tell you. Cause if pastor wouldn't lie to you, they went to school for this and studied the Bible. And then there's other things that come in that you're like, hold on, but this scripture says this, or the Baptist guys teach this. And it's makes a lot more sense where does this fit in with our denomination? Well, it doesn't. And they just, instead of like working through it, deconstructing, um, they had, uh, have been taught to attack. So I think even in those comment sections, you know, there, there's just attack versus like um, asking a question, hey, why do you believe this? That's always been my thing of being able to do a podcast. I mean, I'm talking why I got started. Hey, why do you believe that? I know it sounds crazy. It's very strange, but why do you believe that? And seeing why people believe what they believe and, and seeing how it serves them or how it hurts them or how it hurts other people. 
And I think being open with that, with our beliefs that we're not know-it-alls, once you start deconstructing your, your stuff and by finding other evidence or other scriptures or other religions that weren't as, you know, whatever, that, that you've been told were your enemy. It's like, that's not my enemy. That's a, that's a person just like me. That's a brother, you know, another human. We're not enemies. Yes, they are, because they're Muslim. Working through that stuff and then being able to see them past any, you know, words, any dogma, and what, which is, you know, opens you up to a lot more, maybe to what they have to say. And over the years, it, it maybe closes you off to the person who just demonizes and attacks. But we're finding, you know, that's some of the only tactics people have, and it works. But I don't think that's the, t- the tactic we we read about the person that we call Jesus Christ in the Bible taught and, and, and did. He, he, he was him. Like everywhere he went, he impacted people, you know, of just living his life and, and, and doing what he did and, and sharing and stuff. And um, all of those things are in the Bible. You know, all of those people are right. Every single one of them in their own understanding. Um, so with, I guess with compassion and with, with understanding to have a conversation, to not get offended. Um, that's how growth happens, because that's life. As long as there's life and energy, man, there's growth. That is the kingdom. That is the every kingdom. You, life, growth, we're changing by, literally by our diet, what we're putting in our body. Within six months, you'll think different. You'll Not even six months, even this week, maybe today or tomorrow, your brain will work better depending on, you know, what types of things you're putting in your diet and all that. So the, the, as you're being consistent with that, your whole, everything's changing about you. The way you look at people, the way you look at nature, the way you look at God, the way you look at religion, um, the afterlife. And I think early on, we, they taught us to, to be dogmatic, to feel like we have it all figured out. And if you don't, then that's a threat, especially for teachers and Christians, because you got to be able to give an explanation and have it all figured out. So that birthed people and still is all over the internet of people who are experts and have no idea what the hell they're talking about. And and most of us don't, just to be honest with you. And knowing that moving forward, there's a little bit more grace to talk to the dogmatic Christian or the person who thinks you're going to hell instead of fighting them or never talking to them again. Say, hey, that's cool. Uh, you know, I don't, you know, look at you that way, but um, yeah see that's the rising tide too that raises all the ships just like in the basketball the level of entry is we we don't demonize or judge people who are different you know what i'm saying we love everybody as long as you you know the common pursuit is to try to, to help people and you know leave this place a little bit better off than you found it then we we have a commonality i don't care if you're muslim christian baptist whatever yeah so much of yeah, so much of that I agree with, and I think the the big, the big thing, and this is um, this is I I've always said that like the biggest, um, oh I can't think of the word attribute someone can have that'll serve them well in life is to be objective on yourself. Like I'm I might be wrong, you know I don't know what I'm talking about. You know most people don't know what they're talking about, but it, it, when you get into trouble when you say like. I know, I know just that sentence right there is the biggest, like, no, you don't like, we don't like, I'm increasingly 
so confused by just reality in general of like yeah. none of none of this makes any sense if you really sit there and think about it like there's no great answers to any of of this thing that we call life and this concept that we call god like it doesn't really make sense so like if we could talk about it more um and i saw recently too where and this was a question that kind of changed my perspective when I asked myself, it's if, if you take out hell, then do you still worship Christ? Like, do you still worship God? If, if hell heaven is off the table, then what, what's your motivation? Cause that's going to, that's, if you press people that attack and defend, that is, what they're afraid of it's like oh i have if i'm wrong then i'm going to hell therefore i have to defend that because i can't admit that right wrong dichotomy thing um it's so, uh, that with well say go ahead no i mean that 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 exists to serve people though because it is helping those people you know um not kill anybody you know what I'm saying? Or not steal or whatever, because they'll go to hell. And so it, I mean, that's what the word religion means. It's to me, it means it comes from the Latin um, religio, religio, which means to bind or to hold back. And, you know, just like I know, like in recovery, like some people need help, man. Like some people, they need somebody to help them on walk through this life because they've just abused themselves and abused others and abused substance and abused everything. And, and that's, that's in us. Like we have the like part of that is in every person to to abuse. And once you can identify that, then you can deal with it. That I don't have to abuse everything or 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 people. And um so religion helps people even with that understanding. If I kill somebody, I'm going to hell. Don't kill nobody. Don't kill nobody. Don't kill nobody. It's helping me. And then the you know, whatever comes with that. And hopefully that that would, if there's a seed in them, you know, the the gospel, the, the good news, like eventually, eventually that it would take root and open up to, you know, other things versus like, you know, just this fear stuff, condemnation, then you can look at beauty, you can look at bliss, you can look at heaven, heaven is inside of you, why wait to go to heaven, because you got a little bit of heaven in you, we're here to establish heaven on earth, you know, whatever, but tying that into recovery, um, I knew, you know, never saying never or or like you've got it all figured out because um that's one thing i learned i've had to eat my words too many times and i don't like the way they taste especially when they were <laughs> in, in condemnation you know what i'm saying and then come back and i and i've taught stuff like this that i'm like oh yeah i don't really know if that's the truth anymore i don't believe it like i did but i hurt a lot of people in my approach so let me at least show a little bit more grace when i teach it next time because i'm not sure um from Star Wars, there's that quote, only a Sith believes in absolutes. And you speak that this is the only way. And we come out as young know-it-alls, man. And um, the recovery thing, I met uh, people who were involved in Celebrate Recovery and part of the church ministries and stuff. And they were great people. Um, they invited me to come do concerts and stuff in the past and we became friends and they were like pastors over that. And, and I would tell, I would hear them say, man, I'll never smoke meth again, man. And, and in that moment, they meant it with all their heart. I'll never do another pill in my life. And they're preaching it from pulpits and there's conviction in their voice. But I found this weird thing 
to never say never because God has this weird way of making us eat our words, you know what I'm saying? And those people, you know, I believed them and they believed themselves, but it was the absolute that you you said, what? You'll never do what? Okay, let's see. Let's let's bring some by your let's 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 let your old yeah. friends call you come back into your life and they're still addicted and they want to go out to eat with you and they got someone you know what I'm saying? So and then you fall, and then how do you react? The grace, do you condemn others? I found that God doesn't didn't condemn me when, when I fall or when I mess up. So over the years, I learned not to condemn others, but to try to help them. And and in and, and doing so, I'm helping myself and helping the collective, you know? Yeah, yeah. On that, that uh, on kind of that subject, uh, where have you been at? And because I, I've noticed my, and I did, um, I did like a, a an interview about it on Blurry Creatures, but the idea of, um, and this is kind of a zeitgeist movement right now too, is like the idea of psychedelics place in the Christian faith and whether or not um, these spiritual technologies are for good, for bad, are the things you are encountering, seeing, you know, can you interact with, with, the Christian God it, with these things, should they be taken? Um, and I've, I've talked to, so, you know, I have my own personal experiences and then I've talked to so many other people um, that have either come to God through psychedelics or come to God because they saw the devil or have like lost their way. And it's so it's, uh, I'm just curious where, where are you at on that yeah. subject? No, I mean, it opens up, let me try to address it without jumping around it, because it opens up so much more of that I think we overlook, which is all the all, all of our, um, our connection to the plant and mineral kingdoms. So um, just to say, you know, just to salute, you know, psilocybin and psychedelics or whatever, there's stuff, oh, there's literally stuff growing in your backyard right now that wants to help assist you in your recovery process, you know what I'm saying? Um, in your um um cleansing process all types of things that we just have been programmed to demonize all, everything um so i would like that conversation to open up to more for more people of, of what the native americans had and what many other culture cultures had as their healers and prophets and seers were medicine people who worked with the spirits of the land which were coming through the vegetation so that's a, a very much of a, a deeper study and conversation, but I'll say just plant this seed that look up all of the um, trees and herbs and shrubbery in, in the Bible and just do just a little Google search into the myth or mythology behind them. You'll see that they're connected to um, Mother Earth and the different goddesses that are now henceforth removed from even our vocabulary in Christianity. Um, maybe not so much in Catholicism as the veneration of the mother and Mary and the different female saints and stuff. They still honor these spirits, if you will. But for the Protestant and for America in general, you know, we will go jump to the pharmaceutical before going to the backyard, which everything around us is here to assist. So that conversation for me couples into the psychedelic, um, you know, with the magic mushroom that is here to assist or, or um, psilocybin. And um, speaking from experience, um, you know, going into it and, and having um, 
you know, being feeling like it was calling me, my, doing my research and being scared to do it because I had a background in like some dark occult stuff and, and demon possession and all that wild stuff. Like I didn't want to give any, I didn't want to be tricked into opening that door and say, hey, we got you again. You know what I'm saying? Like that was so far removed. So, but all the study, Jesus says to judge things by, its, by the fruit. Mm-hmm. Don't judge them because you watched the YouTube. What is the fruit of it? What is the fruit? Muslims are evil. Well, you got a Muslim neighbor? Watch their life. How do they treat their enemies? How do they treat their dog on the way out the door? The pastor kicks his dog on the way out the door. And you know what I'm saying? The, the Hindu mm-hmm. salute, you know what I'm saying? Bows or whatever. Like, judge the fruit. And the fruit of psilocybin for all the research and study that I was doing was helping with addiction was helping with the fear of cancer patients on the, on their deathbed, scared to die, scared that God is mad at them, scared of what the afterlife is going to be like. And then they do the, the psilocybin therapy, and then they, they become at peace with who they are that is outside of this body, that they are not this body. So all of the research, not even on a spiritual tip, just go do the medical research, just go to WebMD, go to any of the the, the the colleges and stuff that are doing this research. That's one thing that I think people should do. And you'll say that they scream healing. They scream therapy. They scream that, hey, we're trying to help you. It is a voice of one literally crying out in the wilderness, in the forest saying, hey, we want to help you. But first you gotta, you gotta make the initiation. Your ancestors did it, their ancestors did it. But the blasphemy is we have it here with us and we demonize it. Uh, because we abuse it, you know, we'll try to abuse it, yeah. you know, let's try to synthesize it, let's try to, you know, whatever, and we, we have a, a bad way of abusing anything we can get our hands on, I'd like to think that those trips are so powerful that you couldn't abuse it, but people definitely try to. Yeah, I, yeah, I feel like there have been times in my life when I've done both, when I've uh, abused it, you know, eating and ate the mushrooms and going to school, you know, that is, that is abusing it uh, versus taking it in an intentional setting. Yeah. Yeah. It's it. So where do you think, and this might be my, my personal bias and struggle showing up is it, it seems like, like you strike me as someone that has a fair level of confidence in your belief systems and for me that lately for whatever and when i say lately past 10 years um has been lacking and i don't know if it's if it's fear um if it's like the if it's like leftover legalism if it's you know the maybe like the for for whatever reason the biggest verses i remember are like uh be you know there will be like um deceiving spirits and like false teachers and all that but i'm always curious where people like you and this is this is my observation so i could be wrong but like get this confidence that your beliefs and actions based on those beliefs are true you know what i mean yeah, well, they're not true. They're they're true for me. 
and ah. none of this is true. The, the 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 narratives they're showing us on television, none that's not real. Mo, you know, we went through things that we wouldn't know existed unless we they had to tell us about it. And then the the you know what I'm saying the narrative one of like, hey, this is going on, and people repeat it and people parrot it. And it's the same thing with religion. It's the same thing with Christianity. There's so much overlooked. There's so much taken out um, of. I'm gonna say just taken out of the Bible, but the verses that are overlooked because they have no idea what the hell they mean, right? And so we we skip over scriptures that are hard to answer or we don't know what they mean, and we just stick to the ones that we feel like will serve us and serve others. Um, and and that's good if you do that, but I think that a lot of it's been used against us and you know what I'm saying, um, weaponized. But for me, you know, one of the a friend of mine, Gil Hodges with Kingdom Talks, he he says, hold all things loosely. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Don't and I've learned that. Like I've learned the lesson of that, of like being, you know, mean to people with theology and and mean to Muslims or mean to gay people. And then I've met gay people with more Jesus in them than any of the pastors I've ever met. And how the the, the majority of the church that I come up with would, would condemn that, that person where they stood, just like they did the woman caught in the uh, act of adultery. But then I read Christ and he's like, hold on, listen, there's some beauty in this woman. There's some beauty here. So with all of those beliefs, is there any beauty in it? And if there is, I think that it should be saluted and we should add it to our arsenal, to, to our beliefs. If there's something beautiful in it, if every... It, you can look back over your life and see what that it has that belief served you. And so with, um, you know, you want to look at, you don't want to just, you know, read one side of it. You want to look at all the information and everything's not as cut and dry as, you know, we we've been told and, and we've pretended and it makes us feel like this is solid and this isn't solid. This is very slippery. We're finding that out for me. Um, you know, looking into antiquity, it's been um, um, so much fun. Um, it's been scary at first, you know, just documentaries of like where the Bible came from and the Anunnaki and Sumerians and, you know, Egyptians and stuff like that. Um, but I found this beauty that for me uh, deepens my faith in the scripture, like in Old and New Testament of the interpretations and what and what they're like this message within a message or a, a parable which is a story within a story within a story which is how jesus taught which is what the bible is um that these very ancient truths are articulated by more than one person hmm. um and you'll see so the flood story for example you know, if the flood story, some random story in the Bible they told us in, in uh, you know, uh, Sunday school. Every holy book, every tradition recounts a similar story of a devastation and a destruction where some water came. Now, saying who and what it was and why, that's, you know, you get into some different nuances, but the vein of it is something similar. So, not just that, that's a big one, but some of the smaller things that that go back that help me unlock um my my beliefs and my foundation because those things have been tested by time and and they're and they're echoed in our bible and if they and, and they made it that far and there's some beautiful truths to it so um by the mouth yeah, of I think witnesses let a thing be established so um 
my truths and, and, and my virtues and what I hold to are, are, are Bible, to be honest with you, but they're, they're not just like loose. They're, they're not, you know, the Protestant, you know, church it's Christ, but he was talking about some deep truth and some deep inner healing and some deep journey stuff that, uh, you know, you, you cannot, the, the psyche cannot grasp it until you're going down that path until you're fighting those demons, until you're making peace with the younger version of yourself or the parts that you hate about yourself, that you show him grace, right? And then these scriptures begin to unfold and unlock for you because they're very ancient. And that's, you know, it's been the most beautiful thing to explore how consciousness works, even with the Bible, because depending on who reads it, you're getting something else. It, it, like for me doing like a lot of background study and you know these things that they've told us were solid like that this is what it meant and this is what it looks like visually they've showed us imagery and all of this stuff too but it's like no that wasn't original that came from something deeper and um i find beauty in that the going back and just saluting the you know the original and seeing if it if it can help not to like you know, take people's faith away. I'm trying to establish it deeper in in Christ because that those scriptures, man, are like um, instruction manuals for universal law. It's for mm. like depending on who reads them, it's like the sword in the stone or Rubik's cube. Here, can you open it? Can you unlock it? And you give it to somebody who is racist. Good luck. You know, it, it's going to do one of two things. The racisms, they're going to use that to prove their racism or they're going to or the spirit of God is going to pierce their heart and take the racism out. You know what I'm saying? The, the person who's, uh, who is yeah. in love with money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going to read the scriptures and prove why God said they're supposed to be rich and they're supposed to take everybody's you know money from them. Or eventually you'll say, you know, the person who doesn't have money, the scriptures may show you how to how you can get money by handling it with righteousness and giving it away. And then it keeps coming back. It, it's not the Bible. It, it's not the Bible. It's not Christianity. It's the, it's the lens that the person is reading it through. And so we've been reading it through lens of people who weren't going through it and weren't embodying it. They went to school to study it. They haven't fought demons in the night or whatever the case is, or they haven't done the, the, the research or looked at it from different perspectives so they can only see their one perspective. So that's why I say it is their truth. Because they take yeah. the Bible. The Bible says that God made black people to be slaves. We're from the South, dude. Like, I can't tell you how many people I've debated to their face. They believe that. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? And, mm -hmm. and, and until you see something different, you're raised in that. But until the, the person who used to believe that comes out and says, man, I was wrong, man. They tricked us. A rising tide raises all the ships. Now that person changes his heart and says, listen, we've been teaching this wrong. God, that wasn't even, that, that verse had nothing to do with skin color. But that verse had something to do with the, the position of your heart. And then now the people change and now they begin to articulate it and look at it differently. Somebody who maybe even hurt people and use the Bible to do it. You know what I'm saying? And so this is consciousness and, and the Bible is, I, I feel like the number one book that uh, is explaining all of this stuff, to be honest with you, because it is ancient. It does go back to Sumeria. It does go back to Egypt. All that stuff's destroyed and like kept away from us, but this is given to us 
Jed, you read this verse. What does it mean? Solomon did these tests to people. You know what I'm saying? The, you, yeah. The story about the, the woman who had a child and the other lady tried to steal the child. And it's, it's like, no, that's my child. No, that's my kid. You got my kid. No, she's trying to steal. And they bring it to Solomon. What do we do? She stole my kid. No, it's my kid. Everyone knows it's my kid. Well, this is what we'll do because he's smart. He's got wisdom. Let's cut the baby in half. We'll give you half the baby and you can have the other half. So both of you would just have one half baby. Is that okay? And the one lady's like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I'll have half, you'll have it. No, you keep the baby. You keep yeah. it. Yeah. So it's these like. That's such a rowdy verse too. I love it. It's, it's something it's deeper. So when you're in literal, it's one thing. Yeah. It's in the eye of the beholder. Like, like who's reading this text? Who is, because yeah, people who are teaching this Bible who are like, yeah, I want all the baby. I, I want half of the baby. Give me half. It's like, if I can't have it, if I can't have the baby alive, you can't either. No, no, yeah. no. I see your, I know who you are. Give it to the other. And you're, you're in trouble for stealing. You know what I'm saying? Man, I got uh, my spiritual barometer, which is chills, happened a bunch of times during that. Yeah, there, all of that makes a whole lot of sense to me. Um, one kind of shotgun question I wanted to ask you was just, where are you at with the afterlife currently? What um, I've been uh, this rabbi I talked to his concept of what the final judgment hell was, was so simplistic and like, Oh, that kind of makes a lot of sense. And um, Greg Boyd, basically the idea of, you know, life is essentially a time that you are able to either yourself burn away the parts of you that are not congruent with this all-consuming fire that is perfect love and when you get confronted with that perfect love however much you have burned away the less you will have to get burned away um I, I, yeah. that that seems to be making more and more sense to me so i'm just curious kind of where you're yeah. at with all, what's going to happen that. all that just because you know the bible reality everything is multi-dimensional you know those scriptures are multi-dimensional so i would say all of that um but definitely the um allow the fire to refine you and jesus come it's like jesus taught jesus taught how to to prepare for the judgments and and he said that he was the judgments right so he brought god's fire to as a baptism that you would be able to ignite that and start that process of refinement to burn out anything that is dark within you so that more of you can make it into the kingdom because the sin the shadow parts the hidden parts that are that are demonic if you will that doesn't make it into the kingdom we and the afterlife is is so um crazy because we look at ourselves as just being us like hey i'm derek and, and I'm only good or I'm only evil. Even Jesus, when he when when the woman called him good teacher, you're so good, good teacher. He said, no, I'm not good. He said, there is one good and that is God. I feel Jesus identified that we are mixed with light and dark. 
yin yang there's parts of you that are amazing there's parts of you that if we let go unchecked and unattended you'll kill yourself and everybody around you you'll still jesus taught how to get that out of you because like what you're being judged on isn't on what you're being seen but what goes on in the darkness so those places of prayer the contemplation in your mind how is your mind does your mind still work and operate the way it used to and probably not some people some people get worse like some mm. people like they like they get they don't grow better they grow bitter and they want they want blood they want murder they 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 want they want vengeance and they'll look at every villain story as something that happened to them that hurt them or whatever and they've pledged their life into retribution to making everybody's life a, a living hell and there's people who are villains in this world you know what i'm saying whether they were born villains or they became villains and so our idea is that listen i got i got a villain in me like that's the that's the bible story we have it in us but the fire of god which god is a consuming fire is to allow the baptism of faith in Christ, the baptism of the Holy Spirit to refine you so that you can purge out the stuff out of you so that you don't have to go and be judged and say, oh, you, we gave you every chance to, to not be racist. You stayed a racist. We gave you every chance to help people. You only hurt people. Now, in that judgment, how we got here, so wild and so many more, in order to think of an afterlife, we got to think about where we came from before here too. Like, why are we here? And people say, you signed up for this to learn these lessons and take these tests. This, this place is, you know, we're, we're, we're going through it. Like we're, we're being purged and for, you know, the believer, the life of the believer, it says you're being conformed or transformed from glory to glory into the image of, of his son, Jesus. Like you're becoming him. Like you are becoming Jesus, parts of you. And it sounds so foreign because you're like, man, there's so many parts of me that aren't like him. Until you until you had a part that wasn't, that maybe it's a little bit like him. Maybe you got, now you got more compassion. Now maybe you're more tolerant. Maybe now you're able to turn the other cheek, whatever it is. Maybe you don't judge as, as quickly as you used to judge everything. And that's what just, you know, look at the comment section. People, we love to judge and to, not just to judge, but to condemn. And, and listen, that's a job. Like there's, it's like, I don't judge people. No, it is, you should judge, but judge the fruit, not the person. And so the fruit goes back to a root, which is a tree, which comes from a seed. Cut the seed off, right? Unless, because the word of God is a seed too, the scripture says. So we're cultivating this garden, this kingdom within us. Um, and there's robbers and there's, you know, all of these things that wish to steal your fruit and to steal your energy, to steal your imagination, you know, and you only have so much per day that you're bringing to you. Um, and how do you spend it? The, and how do you get it? The, the, the wicked in the Bible uh, are usually defined as those who steal other people's energy who take from others and don't bring anything to the table. They show up with their, not with just the hands out, but they'll take from you and take all that you have, your life force, your life savings. They'll squander it and then come back for more and for the next person versus, you know, sharing, trading, meeting halfway. Um, so this, this is how, you know, we're here, whether you're, 
you've become a slave to debt, you've become a slave to this world or the gods of this world that need your energy. We all need energy, but how do we get it? How do you get your money? There's many ways you can get money. There's all there's you can get naked and sit in front of OnlyFans for three hours a day and make your money. How do you get your money? Like, how do you do you hurt people to get your money? Do you help people? Um, all of that, I think, is out of the abundance of who we are. And it changes. It's continually changing. And we're being conformed into Christ. Um, so much so that he gave up himself that that nobody would have to. You know, he wouldn't take nobody's energy. He would just give himself freely. And because um, he had he had a lot to give. I'll say that. Oh, man, I love it. It's good stuff. Um, I want uh, to make sure I get to it also. So this is the other um, hot button issue right now. It's going to be see if you can just guess it. There's so many simulation. <laughs> uh, no, close. Aliens, bro. UAPs. Yeah. What do you think? So it seems to me, um, and this may be the um, the the fallacy of like every generation that thinks we are in some sort of upheaval, some changing epoch, something. But all that being said, it really does seem like we are going through some sort of massive spiritual shift in the world and things don't seem that great. And I'm not certain. It seems like for the first time in a long time, people do not have that hope that uh, better is just over the horizon. Like if we can just make it through this hump, we're going to be okay. I don't really get the sense of that from a lot of people. Um, uh, uh, that's a broad brush from I'll, I'll just say like general culture society the the general mood of course there are people that that have their hope and all that um, and with that with this like spiritual revolution thing we've got this resurgent acknowledgement um the fact the fact that the government has finally been like oh yeah aliens they're you know or <laughs> UFOs yeah they're a thing like yep uh was so gently and neatly just kind of dropped out there and then moved on from yeah. is bizarre as hell yeah, to me. We don't care. We know. Yeah. Uh, so what do you think is going on with that? Again, just, it's, it's, it's multidimensional, man. There's so many aspects to it. Um, you know, about what we're going through, you know, I would say it would be what the Bible calls the apocalypse. But again, the imagery that they sold you, which was probably from the movie Left Behind, right? The rapture and destruction and stuff. Thank yeah. you, Kirk Cameron. Yeah. And um, but that the word apocalypse goes back to just what what I was just talking about. What 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 do you meditate on? What is in here? What goes on in the darkness? What are you doing in the dark? Because uh some not everybody's not doing the same thing in the darkness. Some people are plotting evil. Some people are hurting children. Some people are doing all types. Some people are helping people in the darkness. Some people are, it's, it keeps them up at night. They can't sleep because they're thinking how they can help. How, you know, how they can make this place a little bit better. How do I, how do I reach people, uh, you know, to, 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 how do I heal cancer? Like these things keep you, what is going on in your contemplation? What is within you? The word apocalypse, it simply means an unveiling. 
or revealing. So I think that that's going on spiritually and um, people are being shown for who and what they are that you can't see, whether that's pastors, whether that's, you know, billionaires, whether that's, you know, all the stuff we've seen um, in the news with uh, a guy named Jeff, like what happened to him, it was shown like he was exposed in front of the world what he was doing in darkness and people who were affiliated with him. He was doing things in the darkness. There was a there was a, a revelation or a revealing an apocalypse that was shown who he really was and what they were doing. The, see, for it to be bad is if everybody was doing that in the darkness. But to see the same thing of what's happening for the so-called wicked, that's happening for light workers. Christians, people who are praying in the darkness, praying in a secret that you don't even know. They wake up an hour before sunrise every day to pray for their family. They wake up at three in the morning wide awake. They don't know what to do, so they pray, right? They're being activated and called. They're, they're, they're being sh so when light hits them, you're able to see who they really are. And so I think that we're going through that and, and people are being um, activated to why they were brought here why they incarnated here on on the earth and um and and who they really are and who they're in, in in league with so that's happening i think um spiritually but because of that and both sides it's kind of a spiritual war because somebody don't want we don't want to know who who the children of god are who the christ are who jesus is right we want to only know what the bad stuff is or whatever the case is um same with the UFO phenomena um, to get ahead of the narrative, you know, all of this stuff to whatever they've released you. My, you know, belief has always been whatever they say, the opposite is probably true. If they tell the, the moment they say, hey, they're friends, they're visitors, they're here to help guys. The moment they say that, panic, run. But they're going to show them as what they've always done every 10 years or so. We're faced with an alien threat. And it will bring us together because there's a threat outside of us. No, all, everything we've been talking about is showing you that the threat is not outside of you. It's not the Muslim. It's not the alien. It's you. You are the threat. Deal with the threat, the, the wars and rumors of wars inside of you. And you're at peace with all, all beings, all people. The war, you, once you're at peace with yourself, you're at peace with everybody else because everybody is a reflection of you they're going through things that you just came out of and now we have understanding and compassion that's being revealed and i think the majority of the earth to be honest with you is done enough of the inner work the inner healing to like we're we're the new plumb line is compassion the new plumb line is hey let's talk about it you know but they only show us the bad stuff turn the t television off and you wouldn't know any of this stuff you know um unless they've brainwashed you and that kind of thing so we um uh, the, the aliens and, and that kind of thing like um it's for me you know i've been in this a long time i've been i've got my music and podcasts that go back and laughed at and mocked by christians for talking about this but now i'm sure there's sermons on it and the pastors are talking pastors are reading out of the book of enoch now when we were laughed at and all kind of stuff about that but um we got friends in high places just know that you know um and there's stuff that's going on that's that's been going on um 
I don't know if the activity has increased, probably so, but um, you can see it, you can film it. You know, I've got, you can go out and ask. If you have clean hands and a pure heart and good intention, you can go out and ask for an angel to see one. And we're at the point now that if you really mean it and you give it energy and attention and you think about it and you show up and you keep showing up until you see, I believe that God will grant you the desires of your heart like he said he would in the scriptures. And I, you know, I did that years ago and saw stuff that blew my mind that I could not talk about it. You know, I was putting it in my music and interviewing people who may, hey, what's going on? So for me, the alien thing has always been angelic. There was just never a conversation to have with the Christian church people that they could go out and look at a, a star that opens up and other stars come out of and fly away. They, they demonize everything. It doesn't matter what it is. They demonize the plants and they demonize anything. So in that conversation, to them, they're demons. But it doesn't take a rocket scientist to know that the demons are down here with us. They were fallen angels fell. They were kicked out of heaven. And they're down here with us. They're down here poisoning our water. They're down here giving us fake food and putting dyes and stuff that kill that putting stuff in your food that kill you. That's something that only somebody in the lab in the darkness came up with that and said, you know, we can make a profit off of this. We can make a lot of money if we put um, half um wood chips in the in the food and and we can still say it's chicken but it's it's filler it's wood it's where there's not enough chicken or put it in the beef there's people who are really doing that and people are getting sick and that you but they're getting a profit that's the wicked that, that they would get your energy your dollar your money and continue to do things and now we're, we're just subject to all of that so that's demons that's the influence of a, of a dark voice, of a distant voice from the past that the Egyptians dealt with, that the Sumerians dealt with. They all wrote about them. It's very intricate and beautiful, and it will help you to understand the scriptures if you look it up. But these same wars, these same apocalypses from my study happen. And yeah, we're going through one for sure. Now, how often they happen, you know, there's different opinions on that, whether it's, you know, uh, 36,000 years, every 2,000 years, every 120 years that God said, my soul will not strive with man, but for 120 years, every 120 years, there's this reckoning to where the souls that are stuck here get to go back to heaven or the ones that get, are to be judged to go to the underworld and become demonic spirits. The Bible talks about all that stuff, man. And it's been there the whole time. We just didn't know it until we started, um, you know, what one, experiencing it, and two, um, being able to look at, you know, maybe ancient text and stuff with uh, objectively and not just call it demonic and run away. But they've been taught the ancient text. The reason it's ancient, it was written in stone. It's still here. So when you got something that was cast in stone and it survived the flood, paper ain't going to survive the flood. Look at the libraries of Alexandria that were burned. All of this knowledge and information that was written on ink and, and quill and pen that are just destroyed papyrus they've got fragments of cool things but wind waves and water the elements destroy that stuff and so we've got we have writings that were that existed before the flood mm. that talked about all of this that is happening now and guess what the flood was 
that was one of their judgments and the beautiful souls that chose love that were from above they got spared and the ones that were wicked got buried in mud and there's your wicked spirits that are haunting places from each each time this place is buried each time that we look at places like um Gobekli Tepe that they're that they're digging up and saying how old that place is and there's monuments of of like alien gods and all types of the, the beings that lived here and maybe that helped create us or had a we shared this earth with and how old that is they're going down further under these these cities they're finding and there's cities buried under them so this place is temporary man we're here this you know you got 70 years 80 years 120 if you're lucky to you know make the moves and get it right to enjoy life to to be able to look objectively at your life and your beliefs and and see which which ones you want to echo in eternity that's that's the bible bro good stuff i did not uh i was not anticipating how this inspired i was gonna be through this interview no dude no 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 everything everything that was said uh i think needed to be said was super beautiful a bunch of things really gave me pause and like i i really um that is uh something significant that i'm gonna take with me how you said it's it's all the wars within yourself. I mean, because it is, it is true. I mean, you know, the, the fact of the matter is every single individual for all, you know, you, you know, that's solipsis or whatever, like for all you actually know, you are the only, like, that's the only reality is the one that you're experiencing. Like I can't know for certain Derek's experience or that any of that is valid so like all I can really do um is wrestle and make peace with myself and whatever and then try you know to make peace and add love to my fellow man and good stuff good stuff um yeah plug plug anything you want to plug for him to your podcast what you got Heck yeah, man. Um, yeah, just uh, got my podcast. Just go to my website, truthseeker.com. Um, got some new music I've been working on. So we got some new music about to come out, working with a producer friend of mine for the first time. I'll be able to get into the lab and come up with ideas and melodies and actually flesh them out kind of thing versus just going off of pre-made stuff that other people have made and say, hey, kind of write to this kind of thing. So I'm excited about some of the new stuff that's coming out here soon so yeah awesome and uh send me an email church and other drugs at gmail.com patreon.com slash church and other drugs and storefrontier.com slash church and other drugs